The reading this morning is from John 2, verses 1 to 11. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars from the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine, he did not know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves a good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Canaan of Galilee, and revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you that you are a God who is a miracle worker. And yet you are a God who is a friend and who is with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you open eyes, and I pray that you do that for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in the Bible reading, we have the story of the wedding in Cana, where Jesus performed his first miracle and changed water into wine. It's the first of many, many miracles that he performed, signs that he He did, revealing his glory. There was a wedding. Mary, Jesus' mother, was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited. They were there. However, there was a problem. The wine ran out. For such a thing to happen would have been a great embarrassment. Have you ever been to a wedding where things, things went wrong? Something went wrong, you know. Something crazy happened. Something unexpected. Not may have been. It could have been another event, another party. Ever experienced that? Perhaps it was your own party. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Jesus is at the center of this particular story, and he's the one who averts what would have been a disaster for the family. He's the one who brings about a mind-blowing transformation. He's the one who performs a miracle, turns water into wine. He's the miracle maker. So what did Jesus do? He responded to his mother. He gave instructions to the servants, two instructions. Fill the jars with water, and then, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. And the miracle was manifested, just like that. But let's consider the other vital people. Jesus is the center, but there's other vital people in this story. 
people who needed to pay, play their part in order for the miracle to happen. Think first about Mary. We know that she was aware that Jesus was special. Ever since the angel Gabriel appeared to her, she had known that hers was no ordinary child. She would never have forgotten Gabriel's words to her recorded in Luke 1. Gabriel says to her, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Imagine that. She's not likely to ever have forgotten that. And she must have experienced much more throughout his growing days. Mary has always known Jesus as the Son of the Most High. She knows the call on his life. But she also knows Jesus is a human child. He's her flesh and blood. He's human. This 30-year-old called Jesus is, is her boy. Yeah. So we don't know why she would have felt that Jesus could have helped in that situation, that no-wine situation. Yet, because actually we are told Jesus had not performed any miracle up to that point. This was the first one. Nevertheless, she decides to report the situation to Jesus. She says, they have no more wine. She's sort of saying, do something. She wants him to act. And Jesus says to her, thank <clears throat> you, pardon. Um, <clears throat> so here's, here's mom telling the, her little boy. You know, moms never stop telling their children what to do. However old they become, however important they are. I think um, we can relate to that. But Jesus says to her, woman, what concern is that to you or to me? My time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. Jesus himself would have known about the timing of his divine calling. And he knows it's, it isn't yet time to fully reveal who he is. And yet, Mary, his mother, is not put off by Jesus' reply. She believed he could help. She has confidence he will act and that he will intervene. And so she, she simply turns to the servants and says to them, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Just do it. This is Mary. She has heard from God about him. She has been hearing about him all her life. She has faith in him. So she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. Just do it. Secondly, think about the servants. The miracle wouldn't have happened as we know it if the servants hadn't played their part. They responded to Mary, uh, Mary's instruction, as well as Jesus' instruction. They obeyed. So when Jesus told them, they filled the jars with water, they drew some out, and they took it to the chief steward, and the miracle happened. And then later on in verse 9, next slide please, when the steward tasted the water that had become wine, and did not know where it came from, although the servants who had drawn it knew. He says, everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine, after everyone's happy and 
a little a little lightheaded. But you have kept the good wine until now. What would have happened if the servants had not trusted Mary? What if they had not obeyed Jesus? They could have said, wait a minute. We need more wine. Why are we being told to fill jars with water? We need more wine. Why are we wasting time doing this exercise when we should be out there get, getting the wine from the market or wherever? But they instead, they trusted. They, they obeyed. And um, this is just an instance where the Bible tells, gives us an example of people who've trusted God against the odds. In, in situations that don't make sense, don't seem to make sense. The Bible is littered with such example. Abraham is probably the greatest example of faith against the odds. Abraham. Um, and in, in, the, in that slide we see his calling in Genesis 12. God called him from Haran and told him to leave his family, his house, his country, and to go to an, an unknown place. Abram was given great promises that would come to pass if he obeyed. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Great promise. But what he's being told to do doesn't make sense. Leave your family. Just go. Just do it. And Abraham did. Abraham led Sarah, and they went. It's estimated a journey of about 1,500 miles they went. They traveled, obeying God's instruction. The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 11 about that. About that. He says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a long time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power of procreation, even, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren. Didn't make sense. Because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Abraham. Abraham is our father in the faith. He is our father. He is a first great example of stepping out in faith against the odds. And he's a one of a long list of people, a chronicle there in, in, in Hebrews 11. And um, I could read off their names there. Uh, I'll just read off a few. Abraham set the example for us going forward. By faith, Isaac was blessed. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, the people passed the Red Sea. By faith, and he goes on and on and on. 
the, the right of the Hebrews. And then he gets tired and he says, and what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, who stepped out in faith. And um, it just goes on and chronicles the steps they took, responding in faith to God. These were all servants of God. Just like those servants at the wedding. They stepped out in faith. But sometimes we hear the instruction of the Lord, and sometimes we don't respond. And there are examples in the Bible as well. What happens when a servant doesn't trust the master, the master's word? What happens when we don't trust what God says to us? Well, one thing is that we miss out on the power of God in our lives. We miss out on seeing God manifest himself by intervening in situations. We miss out on the possibility of a miracle. We miss out on a particular blessing for us, for others, and for the world around us. The possibility is always there. It's not guaranteed, but it's always there. The servants heeded Mary's instruction and acted as they were told. They had to get up. They had to move. They had to carry those jars of water. And they had to keep doing it until the jars were full. That took trust. That took obedience. Sometimes it's the simpler things that seem harder to do, to obey sometimes. But they listened, they discerned what was right, and they responded in obedience. And that day there was blessing for the, for the wedding party, for the bride and the bridegroom for the part of the family, for the disciples and all the other guests. They were able to fittingly celebrate and the glory of God was revealed. So, as I finish, we can confirm for ourselves that what, what we see as an instruction is in accordance with his word. We can. Because we do receive instructions. He speaks to us all the time. And we can confirm. What did Mary do? How did she confirm? She told Jesus about the situation. She reported to Jesus. Simple as that. And she reported and she rested in her confidence in his ability to do what he needed to do. The same is true for us. As his servants... First, we must be listening to discern his instructions in our lives, in our situations. And then when we're here, we're not to doubt. Having shared the situation with him, we just rest in what we hear him say. As followers of Christ, we can hear him speak directly through the Holy Spirit, but we can hear him speak through his word through the Bible. We can hear him speak through the words of others who, are, who have faith in him. Jesus finds a way. He always finds a way to speak to us, just as he found a way. And he found a way to fulfill Mary's wish 
without putting aside God's timing for his life. He knew it wasn't time to reveal himself, and yet he found a way to fulfill Mary's wish. The Lord honors us when we trust him, and he comes through when we obey him. God may have instructions for us that may not seem logical or normal or they just they won't, don't make sense. But like true servants, we have to exercise discernment and, and refer to him where we have doubts. And then do whatever he tells us. Do whatever he tells you. That is the center of discipleship. The center of following Jesus, of being a follower of Christ. Do whatever he tells you. It's a simple lesson. A mother's instructions to the servants at the wedding is actually our motto, our motto for Christian living. Do whatever he tells you is what the Lord desires for us to be, to be doing. And, and God uses that in his plan for the world. The Bible is full of promises of the Lord's ability and his desire to intervene in our lives. Ephesians 3.20 says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or imagine according to the power at work in us. 2 Corinthians 9 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work in every good work. It doesn't necessarily say you'll abound in material things, in flashy cars, in large houses, but you will abound in every good work for his kingdom. God responds to our need. God also decides to teach us obedience and to demonstrate his faithfulness. Uh, Finally, as I close, let's hear from Ted and his friend, uh, cartoon friend, Rick, as they chat about this Bible lesson. And the cartoon, Ted is the one with the the clear nose, and Rick is a darker nose sheep friend on the right. Yeah. So, Ted says, I don't get my part in this story. Rick says, well, since you've asked, Mary is us, the church, We know who is in charge. We know who can make things right for the people. So we ask. Ted says, but I think my spiritual gifts are better suited to wine taster. (laughs) Now, think about what he's saying. There um, is a real lesson there. I said, as followers of Christ, we are called to play a part in what the Lord wants us to do in the world and in our lives. Ted wants to play the easy part that comes after the miracle, the drinking, the wine part that comes afterwards. Yeah, that's the part he likes. And perhaps he's being... um, He's not being serious about it, but um, as he often does... He has actually missed the point. Ted misses the point. The part that we are to play actually come before the miracle. They actually 
allow the, the miracle to happen. There will be no wine to taste if the servants, if Ted, if you and me, don't do whatever Jesus tells us to do. There won't be any wine to taste. So the part to be played comes before the miracle. As Mary's words to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Then you will see the miracle. And when we do sometimes, yes, we will see that miracle. Big ones, little ones, sometimes so little that we can ignore them. But they are miracles anyway. And the glory of God can show itself as long as we believe and are doing what we hear. Listen to the Spirit of God. Listen to what he is saying to you today. If we have not heard for, for ourselves or want God to be clear, the word challenges us to intentionally make time to do so. Take time to listen and take time to tell him your situation. And then listen. And then stand in confidence because he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can imagine. Let that encourage you. If you're doing that already, and let that challenge you if you're not, may we be found faithful. Amen. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, as individuals, as a church, come to us. Reveal yourself to us. Enable us. Empower us to listen, to hear, and then to do what you tell us. In Jesus' name, amen.